Hello and welcome to the 10th installment of the Extreme Hardware Podcast, Episode X, as they call it, if you're from Apple. Uh, actually, Alex, it's pronounced 10. It's OS 10 and the iPhone 10R. It's not the, it's not, they, they don't say the X. Pretty sure it's OS X. Anyway, as you can hear, we have a very, um, Christopher, Chris, with us today. <laughs> yeah, that's my name. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's Chris. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Christopher. I just Christopher on my keyboard. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Hey. Don't, you don't, yeah do don't do that. It does not clean up easily. <laughs> Moving on from our, you know, yeah, we have Simmons <laughs> with us, who last time was rather cinnamony, but this time I think he's in a rather nutmeg mood. So, um, I think that's accurate. Yeah, make of that what you will. Um, don't eat nutmeg by itself, I will Absolutely say. Absolutely not. No. Oh, and, and if the recipe calls for a teaspoon of nutmeg, please, for the love of God, do not use a tablespoon. Yes, especially when you put it in a drink. Oh, God. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next to him, we have, in the virtual space next to him, we have our delightful Frick Frock, our... Disastrous Frick Frock. Oh, oh, these are going downhill. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> worse. I like the idea of we all just sitting around in like one of those old IMVU chat rooms or something. Just hanging out. What? IMVU? Do you, do you ever use IMVU? No. IMVU. Remember, he is what you call a, in a, a millennial. Yeah, well, it was it was the most popular online chat room of all time in the early to mid two thousands. You would basically was this go before Omegle. No, it was before Second Life, and definitely before. Oh. You would go in. You would make your own little personalized avatar, and together, well, I mean, you you did what people would do when they have a virtual avatar in a virtual space together. It was very popular for that reason. So I'm, what what did these people hotel. do? Yeah. Um, well, I don't think we're allowed to talk about that. I mean, you probably podcast. shouldn't say. But <laughs> <laughs> same reason it was the most popular online chat line for a very long time. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, also, not forgetting that we have Andrew with us, as well as Martin. So, hey, Martin. moving on. No, we don't. To... Yeah, we do. Do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we Martin's do. here. Yeah, he's, oh, he's yeah. Just, he, his microphone's not working right now. Oh yeah. yeah, he'll join us a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, so he's not here right now. No, he's here. No, he is. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. <laughs> That's okay, Chris. We understand you're in a very Christopher mood today. But I don't know <laughs> what you mean by that. Don't Chris, we're here for you. We're here for you, Chris. Through your Christopherness, don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> You can be our special guest, Chris. Alex, I know where you live. I am going to travel abroad and beat you senseless. <laughs> I also know where you live, Chris. <laughs> then travel abroad so I can beat you senseless. You know, you know. honestly, Alex and I were talking about that. We we're probably going to arrange that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, That's Simmons, you don't know where I live. Your girlfriend knows where I live because I told her my address while drunk once. So was... Yeah, exactly. So, I just so tell. I'm good to go. Why yeah. were you drunk? Why was I drunk? 
Why like, was I drunk, Andrew? Where are we, where are we going yeah. with this? Where are we going with this? Uh, because there was alcohol in my bloodstream, and it got to my brain. But you're not 21. It's illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> oh, if he was in Canada, it's perfectly legal. He is above 21. Also, welcome to the Extreme Hardware Podcast. We're now going to talk about some tech. So... <laughs> Moving on to anything more relevant than that, which is anything. Uh, Apple is partnering, or it looks like they're partnering with Valve to create an artificial reality headset. I'm not sure if you guys um, have an iPhone at home, but Apple has been pushing through quite a bit of um, augmented reality stuff in sort of, well, iOS, their iPhones. It's not very much in your face, um, but there are a lot of apps that you can kind of have augmented reality, such as the IKEA app or even <laughs> the, the Redbubble app where you can preview the item in 3D or, you know, with the camera and stuff like that. So Apple is definitely trying to push forward on this front. Um, partnering with Steam for a headset seems really cool because the uh, Valve Index is probably Steam's first successful piece of hardware kit they've made. Um, not the first, but the first successful. Oh yeah, decent. See, the I mean, the, the Steam Stream thing was good, but it was just not at the same time. Hey, remember I mean, the Steam boxes, the little pre-built PCs oh, that were just not very good. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted one, but oh. then I remembered why I didn't want one. There's Steam. <laughs> oh, I would. I would take good. all the cases. Sorry, what was that, Frick? So their Steam controllers are actually pretty decent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I heard. I was that lie. before or after the oh oh the Steam controllers? Where yep, there's that one meme with Gabe and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they get the haptic feedback because the little touchpads are just portals, and when you put your thumbs, yeah, in the, okay, Chris. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I think that, that was not, actually Control yep, Delete yep, that did yep. that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Okay. <laughs> There's not much beyond this. It's all speculation. Um, I, I would say the only thing that I can come up with as a as a, like justification for it is maybe Apple is trying to do their own version of the Google Glass. Yeah. Oh my I God! See that. What? Tim Buckley actually made a funny joke. Okay, no. Okay, that was... and we're distracted. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is important. So, okay, so so yeah, like that's the only real justification I can think for this because obviously with the augmented reality art that they're pushing into their phones, um, the next step in AR is going to be something similar to the Google Glass where you wear like glasses and it's just not intrusive and it just like fits into your day-to-day life. So like that's my biggest complaint with AR on uh, AR implementations on phones is you basically are looking through your phone at reality with the additional stuff. Yeah, well, AR was one of those things I thought would take off a lot quicker, but it never did. I used it on the 3DS when that came out, and that was like 10 yes. years ago. And everyone was like, AR is the future, AR is the future. And it just never really went anywhere. It was at that point when 3D TV started coming out, and everyone's like, oh, well, actually, you know what? That's not true. Everyone knew 3D TVs were a gimmick. But AR, AR was like, this was it. This was, it was all going to come to this. And then nothing really happened. Well, I, I think it's really just due to the very simple and rudimentary implementation that was available for AR at the time. Like the problem with a lot of AR, I mean, I think the DS was a perfect example, is you had a low resolution camera feed followed by a low, low resolution animated item. 
that you're interacting with. And that's been one of the big issues with AR development is just making it not intrusive and not just super gimmicky. I know uh, I've seen, I was following development for this AR product. It was like two or three years ago where one of their AR implementations was going to be for like tabletop gaming. And what you had were these, uh, these glasses or basically a headset that had a projector on top of it and would shine at this semi-reflective surface that only you could see the reflection on. So say in like something like Dungeons and Dragons, for example, uh, <laughs> say your character had the ability to see further in a dungeon in low light, uh, your, you could see more of the map from your perspective, but then like a human would not be able to see as far. That was, that was one of the more interesting implementations of AR that I've been, uh, I've seen, but then that project kind of died, unfortunately. Mm. I think it's also just a hassle, like a product needs to kind of like a completely new product. I think it needs to kind of for it to kick off and to be very successful. It needs to be very easy and convenient to use. Yes. Yeah. That's why like, AR is not convenient. Google Cardboard, for example, I think is going to be like the VR that people are going to be targeting because room scale VR, like the HTC Vive, it's great. It's Sorry, what just was that? the uh, HTC Vibe Check. Um, <laughs> Thanks. It's great, but you need a whole room for it. It takes so long to set up. It's so big and it's just... It's there's this wow. really big barrier to entry, but then Google Cardboard, you just like slap your phone at it and it works. And like, granted, those also kind of suck. Like I was in a Goodwill last month and there was a shelf that was just loaded with a bunch of those like little plastic uh, VR goggles for your phone. So, you know, Google Cardboard, but worse for the environment. Um, yeah, I, think I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't. Go ahead. I don't see stuff like VR and AR really taking off unless it's accessible. Right. But even then, it really needs to have like content available to justify it. And I just have not seen that. Like oh. it's mostly gimmicks, like Frick was saying. It's interesting that you say that because the timing of this collaboration with Apple and with Valve. So Boneworks just got a release trailer announced, which was dope. It's probably. I mean, if you want to talk about the most advanced VR game out there, Boneworks is definitely it. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer yet. Um, yes, I have. It's stunning. Like, it looks amazing. It looks really good. Yeah. So, and Valve is actually really good friends with the developers of Boneworks. And they are also launching their own Half-Life VR, which is going to be coming out really soon. And that's all coming out, like, around the same time as this Apple announcement. Which makes me think a couple things. Uh, one, if there is going to be a new headset or whatever it might be, I I really don't want it to be exclusive to like some like you know how like Apple or like the Oculus Store has like exclusive mm. games you can only get on there. If the next right. Half Life game is only available on like iTunes or like the Apple Store, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Can no, you imagine what uh, it would be on Steam. The internet would <laughs> Yeah. So honestly. The only real thing I can see with this is Apple's interest in it is just going to give Valve the ability to produce more of these products for cheaper. Because obviously Apple has their hands in the, the manufacturing side of things. So maybe this partnership is just so they can crank out more products faster and then have maybe Apple integration into Steam as one example. And then the other thing that 
that comes to mind with AR is right now, like from from a gaming perspective, I'm not really sure where AR is going to really benefit versus VR because with AR, you're restricted to a physical space usually. And but but from the productivity side, AR makes a lot of sense. So like 3D modeling um, or I don't know. Um, traffic simulation for some cities like I've seen that as an argument used in some like AR pushes. You know, I remember when the Microsoft product was. was yeah, HoloLens. Yes. You know, I wonder because like HoloLens was really marketed at like uh, that uh, professional type thing where it's like, look, you're an architect. You can show off your building to all these people. But it's like, that's the thing. It was really kind of marketed, marketed as this like collaborative thing. Whereas <laughs> with VR, especially VR is very much a uh, loner thing because you're just isolating two of your senses from the rest of the world. Right. Whereas like something like HoloLens, Sure, you can still look at somebody and talk to somebody, and it's not like going through a front mount camera or something to the screen in front of your eyes. It's still mostly natural, I guess. Yes. And so the Connect would be AR then. Um. Um. No. Connect yeah, uh, is AR. Depends it's like it's everything that that uh, cynical just said. You can still see everything, but you just see something completely different when you when you want to. Which is the connect? I mean, it's it's definitely not VR. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not well, VR. Okay. So I would differentiate it because both VR and AR are typically first person. Versus a connect, you're looking at a mirror image of yourself interacting with the gaming environment. Oh man, yeah. Microsoft just took the eye toy and ripped it off when they made Connect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so yeah. it's like second person versus first person in that regard. Second. Yeah, like <laughs> I. I put a picture in the, the chat. I'm just going to be on the thumbnail as well. If Apple can really pull off sort of a fashionable accessory classes like they did with the Apple Watch, where, you know, smart watches, honestly, before the Apple Watch were kind of trending towards either being a Fitbit type thing or being, well, like a pebble and kind of crap, to be honest. Yep. Apple really shook up the smart watch thing to being a fashion or not a traditional fashion statement but a fashion statement of a digital watch and um actually decent as well if they can do that with google glass if you know what i mean um i i could see it being adopted a lot i mean look at um look at airpods that that really pushed forward that style of bluetooth headphone like yes. love love them or hate them airpods pushed forward that little segment segment to having good tiny mobile bluetooth headphones same for the apple watch and if they do it with ar glasses i can see it being the same you know you could see the xiaomi competitor the samsung competitor and it might be kind of interesting actually what would you pay for a good pair of ar glasses what i'd pay and what they're going to cost are going to be completely different (laughs) Um, i'm also looking at your, your definition of a good pair of ar glasses because okay so a good pair of ar glasses for me need to have a few things which I think maybe many people wouldn't think of. They need to be polarized because polarized glasses are amazing. Um, They need to tint. I I assume you're going to be spending a lot of money on them, so I won't want a pair of sunglasses and a pair of, you know, normal glasses. So ones that can tint on, you know, command. Heck, I can imagine how this is, can be all synced up to your sort of nightlight and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> I'd want them to tint. I'd want them to be polarized. 
And I'd want the resolution to be at least as good as VR is now, which is asking a lot. And the amount I'd only pay is like $400, and I don't think that would be $400. Oh, so, so here, How here's my biggest problem. Isn't the Hololens like twelve hundred dollars? Yes. Or no, I thought Wait, it was up closer to two thousand. Hang on. Hololens. Yeah, because lens my issue with like an AR set of glasses is like I'm looking at like maybe like a pr- more practical use case than gaming. So just like being oh, able to I wasn't use it on thinking the- gaming. I was yeah, I was thinking like using it on the road so, and just just using them. My my biggest issue with like the Hololens implementation is. Um, VR has it nailed where it's almost like you're focusing like five feet away. If that's, mm. if, if, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the HoloLens is intentionally like built like a pair of ski goggles and mm. there's like multiple reflective surfaces in order to emulate that distance. Um, I think that was one of the biggest issues with the Google glass is never being able to get a practical view space and allowing you to be able to focus on that just with a glance. Um, so, so it would have to be something that you could wear around on a day-to-day basis. People would obviously be able to identify it as, yes, that is obviously not just a pair of glasses, but I, mean, I would not care too Apple, much. That's the Apple fashion statement, so long as it, like, you know, it doesn't look like it's VR, that, right. that's fine. You know, yeah, as long because... as it looks like a pair of glasses. Like, you know, if you were to draw, a, like, a, a line... A gradient between glasses and VR, so long as it trends towards the glasses segment. Right. So, so that's the thing. Is like, uh, so in our chat, it, it looks like this image was posted as, I guess, a proof of concept, kind of what what Apple oh, yeah. VR people, glasses might look like. People do that all the time. It's not an official image by any means. <laughs> yeah. So, the so the so the problem with something like that is that's still maybe a, a centimeter or two from your from your lens on your eye. Uh, focusing on that is going to be painful if it was some, something like that. So I would need some form of implementation where you can just easily focus on it and it would be a simulated like three or five feet in front of you. If that were the case, then yeah, I would probably pay $1,000 for these glasses. Honestly. Check that out. I want glasses uh, that make me look like Jordy from Star Trek. You can look, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> but, look like Jordy from Wings of Redemption. Does that count? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I think the problem, even if this product existed, Simi, even if you could buy it, et cetera, et cetera. Mounts their own glasses. They're $1,000. I posted a picture of them. It's their enterprise. Oh, yeah. Um, which is basically like the second version of their Google Glass. But the thing is, this isn't meant for consumers. It's more of like, you know, business people, mm. that yeah. thing. Um, but in terms of like the technology in it, it's actually pretty impressive. So, all right. So I looked at the price of the, the Microsoft one and it's $1,500, right? Um, but Google's original Google glass costs about 1600 as well. So I yes. mean, in terms of price, it looks like it's on a downward trend and that was only a few years ago. So to go from 1500 to 900 in just like a year or two, it's pretty impressive. And honestly, looking at this Google Glass product, because I went to the actual site for it, um, I would be perfectly fine with something that looked like that. I mean, yes, it looks kind of ridiculous, uh, admittedly. Uh, but on their site, they actually have a picture of a more traditional frame, which I think is more interesting to me. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be perfectly content with buying something like that. But the, but the other issue we have is um, the implementation is, I don't know... Since this is just like an enterprise product first, um, I haven't seen a whole lot of reviews of these things. 
So I don't know like what features you are getting for the cost aside from <laughs> having the additional lens and camera. Hey, you know do you think saying? we could uh, request a free sample? <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk no. to Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's, yeah, that's a lot about that. So do you want to go on to the AI brain topic? Ooh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Futurism.com. That's a web address. Chris, you're reading it. Yeah, you are. You've nominated yourself now. No. Nope, you're doing it. No. Yes, you are. We're just going to. Yeah, you are. You're in <laughs> peer pressure. <laughs> oh, hey, Martin finally fixed his microphone. Uh, no, he didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> He just messaged me. He said it'll be on in like five minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, this AI decodes your brain waves and draws what you're looking at from an uh, article on futurism, which is sourced from, I don't know, uh, the Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology? No, that's somewhere else. Uh, anyway, researchers have created an AI that draws what a person is looking at in real time just by reading and decoding their brainwaves. Perhaps most impressive of all, the technique is non-invasive with all the brainwave information gathered through a cyberpunk-looking electrode-covered electroencephalography. Uh, How do you say that? Electroencephalography? Sure. Electroencephalography? I'm going to go with that. just EEG? You know what, Simmons? Shut up. You say the word and then you say the initialism. Uh, headset. Researchers used to think that studying brain processes via EEG is like figuring out the internal structure of a steam engine by analyzing the smoke left behind by a steam train. Researcher Grigory Rashkov uh, Putin said in a press release, we did not expect to find that it contains sufficient information to even partially reconstruct an image observed by a person, yet it turned out to be quite possible. Um... So, okay, so I, I watched the video associated with this article here. And what, what it was is they had a bunch of uh, canned imagery for this. It was like driving in a vehicle, be it a car or on a jet ski. They had several pictures of people. They had several, you know, just random day-to-day -day things. But it was categorized into like one of like five or ten categories um, that mm -hmm. they would just constantly share the same footage over. And the mm -hmm. AI is basically trying to determine what you're observing by looking at the images. And then it makes an, a, a correlation with that and then tries to match it to a database. So the problem is right now, it's, it's a very, it's a very um, loose interpretation of being able to read your brain. So uh, it's not reading your brain. It's just pattern matching like, hey, peop people who look at this have these brain waves and we know what they were looking at because we trained our AI on it. I would say yes and no, because like one of one of the uh, the the videos that they showed the, the patients, because it was like it was like a 10 second clip at a time before it moved on to the next one. One of them was like a marble thing, like 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 a, like a marble machine almost. And you had things uh, like blocks of wood moving around as the balls were rolling around it. And like, if you look at the image that was referenced here in the chat is it was in this weird in-between state where the person was focusing on the previous video that they watched. And now they're also starting to observe the same thing at the same time. And it would overlap the image. Yeah. Pretty significantly. Like some of the images that the, that the system was able to reproduce were really close. Uh, like I, the one that looked uh, 
pretty accurate every single time was from the perspective of the driver's seat of a car. That one was really easy. But when it started looking at people, it started combining the features of the people. Oh, so geez. maybe so so like maybe it was just like a generic face with um and say it was a female that was being showed uh with longer brown hair, but then the the person in the image had like curly dark hair or something like that. It was it was kind of strange. Um hmm. but it's still really interesting technology from the fact that it's able to even get that kind of information. Yeah, and I mean, like, the fact is, the uh, it, when you look at an image, there is a region of your brain where that's, like, physically kind of present. I'm sure it, like, is clearest to see if you have, like, black and white, very simple drawings, but you can still kind of, like, make out the shapes in the brain. Right. So, yeah, this kind of tech should work, but if this is relying super-duper heavily on AI and, like, a huge database, then I would be concerned about its reliability. Well, and the way I, I am kind of, like, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt is you oh, have yeah. to start somewhere. Yeah. And I feel like once the AI is trained enough to be able to uh, accurately identify the images that the person is looking at, then they can start veering off of the database, and now the da then it can start doing some, like, AI magic to say, okay, so... He's pulling from this on this uh, this image and this on this image. Let's combine it and see what happens. Oh my god! What? Hang on. This is uh, no. Go go on. Finish that thought. No, no. That, that's basically it. Is like okay. and, and when you're when you're dealing with like um, memory capture, like specifically human memory capture, uh, the way that you remember something is not necessarily representative of the way that the person or the thing actually looks like. Oh, you yeah, like pieces and then you make association. You don't memories are not like it's not like a computer where you put a file on your hard drive. It's like you're streaming your game and you've recorded it. So now it's in an MKV that uh, OBS dutifully spit out. No, it's more like it, it's not anywhere near that reliable. It's it's weird. There's lots of shortcuts like brains don't compare to computers well at all. Uh, but anyway, so like bit at the end of the article here. Uh, under present day technology, the invasive neural interfaces envisioned by Ellen Muskie Husky face the challenges of complex surgery and rapid bleh, deterioration due to natural processes. They oxidize and fail within several months, says one of the researchers, which means your boy Ellen Muskie Husky was looking for volunteers for like SpaceX or whatever to take a power drill to their skulls for a brain interface that would fail in a few months. Wait, yeah, what, what happened to that? What is wrong with him? So, but but that but that's the thing, right? It's like that's where pre-existing tech was. If you wanted to probe the brain for that kind of information, you would need some sort of direct interface with it. Yeah, and that's and why this is so fascinating because it's quite literally just capturing uh, the regions of your head that are emitting signals at certain times and then interpreting that as an image. You know, the only solution to this, right? A Faraday cage for the brain. Do you, do you know Made that actually? Tin foil. So Magneto. Wait, 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 wait. hang tin on, foil. hang on. Tinfoil hat is what I'm getting at. Hang on. You know they actually make beanies like that. <laughs> I know they do. <laughs> and do you know yeah. what my favorite thing about those beanies is that it's proven that it actually amplifies the signals in your head. That's the point. Well, uh, does it amplify the output signals from your brain, or does it amplify the input signals from the radio towers? That's what input they want signals. you to yep. think. The whole reason it <laughs> though is to keep out the bad transmissions and project their own to other people that can hear them. No, However, like, it just amplifies the input signals from like radio towers and your cell phone and whatever else. Oh, what it, 
it, it is actually meant to just keep your head more warm. But okay. That's not how they were marketing it. Okay, maybe I was looking at something else. Oh, I just, maybe I was looking at one that was being a bit more sensible. No, it was quite literally a tinfoil hat, but it was stylish. Oh, the one on Alex Jones' <laughs> right. site says it does both input and output. So and that's oh, there you oh. go. Well, but the way antennas work, you can't just like make energy out of nothing. So yes, it might be more powerful, but that's only in a limited direction. So oh, sure. <laughs> but when you're trying to keep the 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 magical thoughts out of your head, and it just I will simply. I will simply turn my head away so the bad thoughts can't get to me. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'll pretend like I was actually listening to you guys. So... I wasn't. <laughs> weren't you speaking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Christopher. Yeah, that's anyway. me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> AMD, actually, no, hang on. Let me introduce this better. Chris, actually, no. Oh, no, yeah, no, hi, what's no, up? No, just, ugh, I don't care about you. Frick. Oh, wow. <laughs> Frick. 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 Now I'm here. You know Star Wars, right? Uh, yeah, the Reagan it. Project or the film series? Chris, you don't exist right now. <laughs> Fuck you, Alex. Uh, okay, you can't say Oh, right, yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Timestamp. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> You're cyberbullying me. Okay, so <clears throat> Frick, you know yeah. Star Wars, right? Yeah. The Raken Project or the film series? <laughs> so, Frick, you know there's the light side and then the dark side, right? Mm -hmm. One is blue and one is red. Mm hmm. I don't know if you've seen the latest trailer. I, I am familiar with the Star Walkers, yes. Yeah, but you've seen the latest trailer where they give everything away, right? Oh, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, I it, was, it was very unfortunate. Don't watch the trailer. If you can avoid it, do not watch the trailer. It literally gives away all the plot twists. Well, not all, but like one of the biggest plot twists in the upcoming movie. I feel like I don't have to watch the movie at all maybe you should tell me what the plot point is so i will know what not to look out for no, just don't watch this <laughs> i think that's yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not planning on it the only thing i can tell you that okay the only thing i can tell you that won't give away anything it feels exactly like a marvel movie which is not surprising mm. i'm not surprised uh, oh yeah anyway, so anyway there's the light side right you know the, the good people the good side the um the force frick what color lightsaber does do the good people have? Blue lightsaber, blue or green, or green, or purple. Or purple. There's yeah, also or even orange. yellow. There's also yellow. Okay, wait. Is there is there a yellow lightsaber? Anyway, it doesn't. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't it's the game. It's in the canon. Oh, okay. The game, yeah, just one game. There's like three. There's but only I, ever been one Star Wars. I said the game. I said the, I said the games. Uh, okay, let's let, let's move on to the topic. <laughs> no, I am moving on to the topic, but I keep getting interrupted every single, whatever. What? <laughs> what? Generally, generally, what color lightsaber does the dark side use? Red. Red. So AMD versus Intel market share is up. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. So, so, oh, are, hey, wait, wait, hold on, guys. I got so, it. I, Alex, I have oh, yeah. a question for you. Ill. Alex, Alex, I have a need to call you out. Because 
obviously what you're inferring here is that amd is the dark side implying no, and, not and you are quite literally triggering the entire reddit r slash amd uh, simmons, so simmons, simmons he wasn't inferring he was implying so the audience would infer also yes. he's right Fair <laughs> yeah sorry i just couldn't I okay couldn't resist um so, so amd's market shares up do no wrong AM, amd is uh market shares up again on all fronts of the cpu market Mercury Research, a CPU market analyst firm, released its market share report today. Well, today, four days ago, which <laughs> highlights that AMD's recent gains against Intel, um, last quarterly share did not report include, or sorry, did not include sales from the Ryzen 3000 processors. But this report reflects seven nanometer process sales as the company continues to claw back market share from Intel. The report highlights that AMD grew in all segments, desktop PCs, mobile, server, and the overall x86 market, fueled by the rise of AMD's Ryzen 3000 series processors. Wow, how long did it take you to think of that pun? Or is that in the article? That's in the article. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the rise of Ryzen. I apologize for that comment, Alex. That's okay, Chris. We understand your special... Um, requirements hey remember last night when you said <laughs> no. that i'm less socially awkward than you uh okay. anyway <laughs> no, that didn't happen so yeah yes. so uh, yeah, a amd's start. up intel's down so well actually is intel down i actually haven't taken a look well I AMD, mean, there's two players in the x86 market so relatively speaking yes intel must be down i guess yeah. there's Intel is finished AMD's desktop market share, let's take third quarter 2019 is 18%. If we look at third quarter 2018, it was 13%. Ooh. So they have effectively gone up 5% in a year, which is quite a lot considering that Ryzen 2000 was not bad at all. Wait, just Ryzen, no. Right? They haven't Ryzen gone up 5%. They've gone up uh, five percentage points. That's like a 50% increase almost. Not 50, it's more like 40. Well, 50, yeah. it's 50% for them, but... Yeah, yeah, I know, but... 5% of the market itself. Oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. It's just, there's an important distinction there, though. Thank I'll you, like thank you. Thank Honestly, you though, yeah, you should thank me. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've gone up that much that much yeah. amounts <laughs> the just, just mount, the up your, your hands and like doing a little thing with both of your fingers right now your thumb this, many. this much the, A the amd server unit share has gone from 1.6 percent total in q3 2018 to 4.3 percent total in q3 2019 which is quite a lot considering how slow things generally are to move in the server uh server sphere if you will uh the mobile segment has also gone from 10.9 percent to 14.7 percent which is a number really yeah um i i think the the laptop slash mobile is going to be one of the hardest for them to kind of push at because intel has so many deals with different um, mobile manufacturers and stuff. Also, AMD like, still got Raven Ridge, and Raven Ridge ain't doing so great. I I don't even think it's that. Like I think 
there's a lot of bias with um like intel's naming scheme is really good and it's really sort of embedded itself in the minds of people i don't know a lot about my like for example at my work everyone gets lenovo laptops right and they're like they don't know the difference between an i5 6300m or u i can't remember which one it is and the i7 8350h they don't know but they're like oh that one's got the i7 oh <laughs> yes it's got the i7 oh i've only i've only got the i5 it's like right there's there's a lot of that and if they see the AM, yeah, amd sticker they're like it's not an i7 <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. So, the new like, amd i7 no, but it could be faster. It could be slower. They don't know. It's just not an Intel i7, Intel i5. So their EPIN contest in the um, the, you know, the workspace is just they're going to lose. Well, that's I mean, acceptable. And, and that goes back to the bulldozer days too, because because back when bulldozer, yeah, but bulldozer was, was a bad product. And that's well, what I'm yeah, saying but... is when those laptops were grant, were branded as AMD laptops. It was the AMD sticker, and it was a bulldozer CPU. Mm-hmm. versus the i5 or the i7. And at that time, yes, you're getting a significant performance upgrade going with the i5 and the i7. Now that we're on Ryzen, people are still very ingrained in the, oh, oh, yeah, AMD used to be crap, and my i5 and i7 saved me from the darkness. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, definitely. And I feel it's probably the same with server stuff as well. I would bet that a lot of sort of archaic small to medium business companies are not going to move off of Intel purely because Intel good, AMD bad. Dude, I'm Intel. 58 years old. Wasn't there Intel gives you some sick discounts. Intel was blackmailing certain enterprise enterprises into going like sticking with them or like there was something about that how they were like they would get AMD's prices and then they'd be like okay uh, we don't want you switching, so we're going to go way, way under cost just to keep you. Wow, Frick, thank you for cutting me off mid-sentence to say the thing I was going to say. Oh, that's how Alex feels all the time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, yes. And no. Oh, yeah, I think that's also why, like, AMD's branding isn't really a coincidence here. Like, when they were doing GPUs, they had, like, R5, R7, R9. And now that Ryzen's out, they've got Ryzen 3, Ryzen 5, Ryzen 7, Ryzen 9. I don't think it's a coincidence that they're using the same numbers as Intel. Like, the A-series APUs that were, like, A4, A6, A8, where it was all even numbers, that was dumb. Because it wasn't (laughs) Intel's numbers. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing. thing is, and you what's really hilarious is because everybody is so, well, that market that is shopping for these mass produced laptops for like the enterprise setting, i5 and i7 are still the most popular Intel CPUs. I mean, i9 exists, but everybody's still going for that i7. What, <laughs> Especially what I find interesting. Yeah, no, what I find interesting with the laptops as well is sometimes I don't know if they're better. So, for an example, is, um, we keep giving, getting given these useless upgrades at work for laptops, right? Like, I've got a laptop that's actually relatively old, but there's no point in upgrading. It's the, um, it's the i5 6300M or U, uh, okay. 2.13 gigahertz, dual core, hyper-threading, 8 gigs of RAM, etc. The latest one is literally the same, but it's got an i7 8350Q, it's um, 1.7 gigahertz base, 
but it's four core, eight thread. And I don't know if it's faster because everything is just slow. <laughs> it's definitely more power efficient. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I suppose it's, the battery won't die in half an hour, but that. So you got that going. It's for you. also worth noting that in the laptop space, especially like especially as you get into low power laptops, uh, where like thermals become an issue, and now Intel is including like thermals more uh, aggressively in their boost algorithms, like thermal velocity boost, where if your CPU is running cool, it can boost even more. Right. That kind of thing means that your computing experience is not reliant on Intel or AMD. It is reliant on the laptop manufacturer because mm -hmm. if they make a garbage chassis, then it's not going to stay cool and it's not going to boost as much, assuming it even does boost at all. Cough, cough, Apple, cough, cough. Yeah, I don't know how you guys, if you guys have had... Um... Lenovo ThinkPads or use them or Ooh. interact with them. Yeah, they're I'm, not great. Yeah, they I'm not. so disappointed in them. With the, I know like I know a lot of people think this as well, but when they went from IBM to wait, who bought the ThinkPad? Lenovo. Lenovo. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I just learns the brand for a second. Um, yeah, but when they went from IBM to Lenovo, it's it wasn't a sudden day and night difference, but it's just like, oh, they've just gotten. Crap. Didn't the well, laptops used to be like the gold standard for enterprise? Yes. Yeah. Because the when thing they... that annoys me is that they're not even durable. My ThinkPad is so flimsy. It's crazy. It's well, crazy. so that was the thing, right? So the 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 Lenovo ThinkPads of latter day were very durable, very serviceable laptops. Like you could you could do file an RMA on your keyboard and they would just send you a no a new one, no questions asked. Oh, you own this? Great. Here you go. You bought it used? Okay. Well, you know what? You own it. Here, here's a new keyboard. The new ThinkPads are not great. <laughs> they are super flimsy. And it's like the thing about ThinkPads, it was never good tech. It was generally kind of maybe a step behind or average, but it was well, sure, just but a it's chunky a business laptop. boy that didn't care about specs, mm. very modular. And you could just beat the hell out of it and it would just keep working. Like one it was the closest yeah, thing you could get book. to a tough book. Nope. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, Intel Centrino. That's classic. It's vintage. Who make the tough books? Panasonic or IBM? I think it's Panasonic. Okay. Yeah, those are the ones that I think. Like, anytime you go on a construction site, you always see those things and like giant. Oh, no. Who else makes them? Cat. Does Cat make those? Uh, I mean, there's Cat branded ones, but they're not manufacturing them. Yeah, I don't think that's really your... Use a, a good cat. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, that got a bit far away from the AMD market, you know, thing. thing. Yeah, but, but we'd be like that. Yes. Anyway, there's this interesting topic that I'm told, Simmons, you're very uh, yes. eager on this. I heard something about Intel fires 10 nanometer Cannon Lake Nuck into oblivion. Yes, the Cannon Lake Nuck has been yeeted into a black hole. Uh, so basically what's going on here is Intel's Cannon Lake was their 10 uh, nanometer uh, CPU that was supposed to begin their market share in the 10 nanometer market. Um, however, they only ever produced one CPU, the i3-8121U. And it was only in, I believe, one or two products. And it was the Intel Nuck 8 uh, generation of product. The uh, other yeah. product was a laptop for the Chinese market, which effectively used the same uh, configuration as the Canon Lake Nux. Same GPU, same type of memory. I think same memory capacity as well. Correct. Mm. 
Yeah, so so basically the rumor right now, because it has not been confirmed by Intel, is that because of the instability of the 10 nanometer, they were not able to solidify other CPUs to be sold using that same fab. So they have, but Intel has announced that uh, the product has been discontinued officially as of October 28th. So with this, so it's kind yeah. of interesting that we're getting this announcement several weeks later. And the last orders of these products uh, will be taken on December 27th with the final shipment going out on February 28th of 2020. Just so, yeah. So that uh, employee discounts. Oh, wait, no. One, one, of those, uh, one of those happen. Those happen around winter, don't they? Those big, giant employee discounts for Intel. Um, yeah, I think that's... I Did think they stop them? Q... Th no, they've still got Q3 them. Q3 on the fiscal year. So that'd be, that'd be uh, Q1 of the, the calendar year. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think this is really, really... Okay, so I've got two things with this. Um, ten, uh, since this is their only 10 nanometer CPU that they actually sold, that may, and they're basically canning it. Well, uh, they've got Ice Lake now, but yeah, yeah so, this was the only thing for a couple of years. So this tells me that they are probably ditching 10 nanometer to go to a smaller fab. Okay. That's basically all it comes down to, because obviously AMD is touting uh, we beat a Intel to seven nanometer, even though it's very different, uh, this, uh, the nanometers from AMD versus Intel. Uh, but I am willing to bet that Intel will, uh, had their run on 10 nanometer on this 8121U, and they're going to be going for something uh gonna have to disagree with this okay so first of all the process on this i really need to uh get like a semi-accurate subscription because uh charlie demersian wrote a really good article um but allegedly anyway i can't actually read it uh but anyway <laughs> so the 10 nanometer process that they were using was yes it was broken yields were just awful the cpus that they got working it was a miracle that they got them working. Uh, they do have integrated graphics. They cannot be enabled. The yields are not good enough. It's possible that there is no Intel like Canon Blake chip with a working iGPU at all. Um, it, basically, it was a GTX 480 of, uh, of Intel. Just Ooh, awful yeah. yields all around. But... 10 nanometer is not dead because as we've seen from uh, Ice Lake and the new Sunny Cove core, it works fine. Um, so Ice Lake, though, is not being built on the same 10 nanometer as uh, Cannon Lake. Uh, it's being built on a new one. It's effectively 10 nanometer plus or plus plus. Like Intel's not using that kind of naming scheme anymore, but that is essentially what it is. It's a new tweaked version of it that actually works this time. Um, so, no, I don't think we're going to see 7 nanometer just yet. Um, we do have a few names of, like, future platforms, so hang on. Um, Cooper Lake, what do we have next? Cascade Lake and Cooper Lake. Cooper Lake is going to be 14 nanometer. That's the new server part. Uh, I think Ice Lake SP is going to be 10 nanometer for server. And then there is Sapphire Rapids and Granite Rapids after that. I don't remember what the order of that is, though. Um, but I think one of those is 10 nanometer, and then the next one is a die shrink to seven. So but 10 nanometer is not dead, just the original broken version. Um, in fact, 
I think the only reason that we even got this one little Canon Lake i3 was because Intel said, hey, investors, we're going to release 10 nanometer parts this year. So on like December 31st, this thing came out. That's right. Uh, anyway, sorry, Simmons, I cut you no, off. No, no, I mean, no, I, I think that makes sense because I, I guess the biggest uh, thing that you pointed out was that the 10 nanometer process they were using for the CPU was just not good. Yeah. It was very unstable, which is hilarious that the, the, the graphics die was actually part of the lithography, but they had it turned off just because it never worked. Oh, yeah. So I guess if they've re refined the 10 nanometer to keep it going, I predict that the 10 nanometer is going to surpass what AMD is doing with the 7 nanometer just historically. Uh, Intel slightly larger die tends to outperform the AMD architecture. <laughs> so well, that's fair. Although I think um, historical trends don't really work so well in this inst instance because traditionally AMD used their own in-house fabs. Uh, they spun those off into global foundries and they, I guess they switched over to Samsung. Like it was a copy of Samsung's tech by Glofo um, for first gen Ryzen. And now they're on to TSMC and TSMC makes the cool stuff. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Like TSMC has got some really cool tech, but Intel is definitely promising more density. So that's something at the very least like They're, they've been to all three there's only three major foundries right tsmc samsung and global foundries uh i'm trying to think if there are others intel? but off the top of my head well intel doesn't really do anything third party it's mostly yeah. just tsmc and samsung um i think glofo actually stopped doing bleeding edge um fabs like they're just sticking to more like stopping at 14 nanometer and doing some like weird custom stuff, but they're not pursuing like seven nanometer EUV. They can, well, if I remember correctly. Well, I mean, they're not really in a position to do so because if, especially with like the Intel perspective where they keep just rehashing 14 nanometer and improving relatively on the 14 nanometer, then why move to something unpredictable and sacrifice profit? Yeah. There's actually quite a lot here. Um, Fujitsu, SK Hynix, yeah, but I, I wasn't oh, going to count. Oh, does Hynix have their own fabs? Okay. UMC. They, yeah, I wasn't going to count Hynix, though, because I'm Hynix keep is interrupting you. Uh, memory-based. Yeah. Sony, uh, Renaissance, Renaissance, rather, Nuvatron, Rome. How many of those are even the size of Global Foundries or TSMC, though? I'd say Micron's probably pretty big. Oh, Lytion. Wait, don't they just make DVD players that everyone bought and no one bought them because... <laughs> they make, uh, they oh, make yeah, a lot the of ons. They make a lot of Flash products. They've got a lot of uh, OEM contracts for SSDs. Um, yeah, Hynix actually has, like, big... Oh, I've heard of NEC before. Um, Why have I heard of NEC? Monitors. They make monitors. I mm -hmm. would be... I don't want to say skeptical. I would be... Um, hesitant to say that a lot of the uh flash and ram manufacturers could really be used for microprocessors because those are just i don't want to say that it's simple logic but it's not exactly diverse logic i suppose so they only really have to do a couple of things really well cpus are more um mm -hmm. uh, i don't know i'm thinking of an adjective and i just can't find it um complex Fabs for LEDs, neat. I bet those are used for. Uh, I wonder what those are used for. Well, I think you have for. one of those installed on the back of your Wi-Fi card. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, shut up, Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> For context, yeah. uh, cynical a, putting pink LED on his Wi-Fi card. <laughs> yeah, so the story behind that is I desoldered the LED at one point because I was trying to minimize the Wi-Fi card. And then I reinstalled it because I unminimized it. And <laughs> pink was the first thing that I could find that worked at the right voltage that I needed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of fabs, and this is a, a great segue now that I've ruined Samsung confirms custom CPU development cancellation. Breaking news. So, um, okay. So, Samsung's Exynos uh, CPUs that are in half their phones that no one wants, but then they kind of get them and pretend they're as good as the Snapdragon ones or whatever they are. <laughs> I, th I think that these are the ones. I'm I, I hope I'm not wrong. Anyway, um, They've kind of been going through the rumor mill lately and have confirmation from Samsung now that the company is stopping further development work on its custom ARM architecture CPUs. And um, this comes from Samsung's HR, HR department. And basically, um, they're killing off Exynos. And that's going to be that. How yeah. I, does this actually affect I, any of us at all? Like, is that high performance in any way, shape, or form? No, I only use far, Apple socks. As far as I understand, and I don't want Samsung fanboys up in arms, but as far as I understand, the Exynos CPUs are the ones that essentially everywhere except for, I think, the UK, but North America get. They're the lower performing, higher efficiency ones with more cores. So you'd sometimes see things like, you know, the Samsung S10. I, I don't know the specifics, but I'm just making this up now. Has like, I don't know, latest Snapdragon with, you know, two performance cores and then four um, efficiency cores. But then the Exynos would be like eight cores and then four of them are quote-unquote performance and four of them are quote-unquote efficiency. And it's just less of both. Like it's just a worse performing cpu or sock rather but the ones always benchmarked and shown will always be the the well not most of the times they'll be the snapdragon ones hmm. um and i know in south africa this was kind of a thing be like oh yeah i've got the latest you know samsung it's like oh yeah but you've got the the bad one. Oh yeah but it doesn't matter <laughs> it's like oh, okay so you'd, yeah. you'd be paying the same amount of money you'd be getting a worse product it's pointless i don't know why they did it maybe at some point it was cheaper to do than to actually just make more Snapdragon or buy more Snapdragon CPUs? You know, I wonder if it's um, they needed something that wasn't the Snapdragon, but the uh, stock standard like ARM Cortex cores weren't good enough. Uh, because at this point, Samsung is killing off Exynos, but they're just switching over to the stock ARM designs, which I mean, that kind of sucks, but eh, whatever. ARM designs are good now, so... So I want to point out something from the article because the article mentioned something about using the the Exynos uh, ninety eight ten and the Galaxy S nine, and I just did a quick spec cert, uh, search to see what the difference between the S nine and S nine plus was. Apparently, there was two revisions of the Galaxy S nine. One of them that used the Snapdragon, or actually, yeah, one that uses uh, Snapdragon eight four thirty five, and then one that used the Exynos chip. But they were mm -hmm. branded as, as exactly the same thing. <laughs> no, they they are yeah they are. Uh, I oh think I God! Found out. Could you imagine? Yeah, you no. Like... But the S nine no, and the they S9 are. You have plus... to. 
This, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just going to say you'd basically have to just know beforehand which one you're buying. You'd have to look at the product number or something. Yeah, like, like all the specs are exactly the same between the Exynos and the uh, Snapdragon S9s. But the S9 and the S9 Plus using the Snapdragon both use the same eight, uh, 845. So, wow, is that a mess? <laughs> that, that's like that purposely misleading. Well, I mean, so, that reminds me of that, uh, that DDR4 GPU that came out last year. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was basically an identical GPU. Shut up. <laughs> one of them used GDDR5, and the other one used DDR4. <laughs> How it, yeah, was that an accident? Did they mean like all? No, that that was no, an AMD. Thing. AMD oh, does purpose all the time. Oh no, AMD would never do that. It must have been Nvidia. You mean you mean Nvidia. no? Remember, we've already said that the AMD is the dark side. Oh, I no. mean, yeah, dude. Have you seen Oland or Cape Verde or uh, probably Polaris Twelve as well? Thinking about it, like oh, AMD right. does it all the time. You can't trust them. So. Let me just continue. Uh, Exynos is going to continue on their current designs. They're not designing any new system on a chip, so it's going to lead them out into around 2020. They're going to slowly close off the, you know, the, the fab and, well, the design department, rather. I think they get them fabbed by someone else. Well, Samsung, but different department. Um, yeah, so the reason why they existed, apparently, is that Samsung, by law, was not allowed to sell Exynos CPUs or system on a chips in the United States. And that's why they have Snapdragon there instead. So I guess they just gave up doing this and they're just going to put Snapdragon everywhere because it's cheaper. Who knows? But good old uh, US corporate laws forcing people to make worse decisions. <laughs> just <laughs> like... Rose was making a new AIO, which is getting around a US patent system. This is technically a worse design, but it's going to be offered to you for less because they're getting around the ASATIC patent. <laughs> so oh, is it the Rose leg? No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, this is that's a good segue. Thank you very much, Alex. It's a pleasure, Alex. Anyway, <laughs> Rosewell's new PB240 is a 240mm all in one from Rosewell, which is Newegg's OEM, as far as I remember um they are it's closed closed lip cooler duh and um typical stuff looks like whatever old aio that they all look like you know black this black that black everything because it's cool but 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 the pump is inside the reservoir oh, and it's not no. on the end tank it's not on the end tank no it's, it's inside the radiator it, the other r word alex <sighs> Not the R word. I was, I was on a brilliant roll. I was on brilliant. Yeah, it's inside, <laughs> yeah, but we, we got to you down. <laughs> it's inside the radiator. It's inside where the dead zone of a fan would be. And um, honestly, it's fifty dollars. It's cheap. That is the oh, price. That's a that is the price of a Corsair H50 when it launched. Yeah, but remember when the Corsair H50 launched, it also launched with a lifetime warranty that if it ever caused a problem or if it leaked, only had, it, it would replace every that. single thing in your system. Now, does the yeah, radio yeah. have that? Um, no. And I think well, you know that, why Corsair changed that as well. Well, they, they yeah. had it though. And if the Rosewell does it, they're, they're, they, 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 they are the suck. Um, anyway, also inflation and stuff. When was the H50? 
Let me find this out now. Let me do some Chris stuff. Probably like, say uh, something. Yeah. Ten years old. It was a while. So while you're searching that, I, I want to point out one thing I do like about this design is basically because they put the pump in the middle of the radiator um, in the dead zone of the fan or of one of the fans because it is a 240 mil rad. Um, uh, H50 came out in 2010. Oh, yeah, that's the important part. It's a 240 millimeter radiator. But basically, like, this is you have a standalone like water block. Which I, th um, I find kind yeah. of interesting. So, so let me modding? just continue quickly. Yes. Also, the Corsair H50 came out for 75 bucks in 2009. This that would be equivalent to $90 today. So this Ooh. is offering $50 for a 240. No, I, I don't know. No, I, I just like to kind of see how well far we've come for things coming a lot cheaper. Yes, we, we've got um, worse quality and worse warranties. Oh, boy. <laughs> No, this is definitely better quality. <laughs> I'm sorry, Simmons just posted a quote in chat. I got to see this. Yeah, There's yeah, an so... RGB version, but it's more expensive at $99. It's twice <laughs> as much money for RGB. Yes. Oh, so... God damn it. I hate it. <laughs> I got interrupted before I even started. Yeah, go ahead. But, um, so the fans actually look pretty cool. They, I don't know what brand they are, but they got some um rubber dampening foam things on them which is neat it is all black no style nothing which is kind of neat the rosewell logo is really ugly but that does look like it might be able to rub off with some rubbing alcohol <laughs> oddly enough it looks that cheap <laughs> so um, <it's> that. <laughs> i mean if not yes. one all black then rosewell can too yeah, but yeah, the the RGB version is um, it is a pretty penny more. Hey, with no, they say. Is that true? Or you guys just kidding? No, 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 dead no. serious. That's serious. Twice as much money. It is at the end of the article here. Boy, pretty oh, much. God, uh, you can look it up. It's called the PB two forty. I do hope that um, we can see this being reviewed, but you never know. Because I know there's uh, one or two, you know, YouTubers that love a good old RGB. <laughs> oh, of course. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, okay. And, it, and if you think it's Linus heck? Tech Tips, you're wrong. And, and you're talking about hardware. <laughs> I know that guy. No, yeah. no, no. Clearly, you're referring to uh, Tech Jesus Gamers Nexus, who is all about the RGB. No, no not, the not even him. That, that's Someone a joke. Else. That's a joke. He hates RGB. Is it right. Blue Devil? <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> anyway, That's no, I, 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 I don't think, think this is actually. <laughs> no, I no, I'm gonna. Is... Sorry, yeah. Sorry, what are we doing? Okay, whatever. Uh, back to the the liquid cooler. Uh, I think this is actually just a sale price. Uh, normal price is one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> it's just a hundred bucks off for Black Friday. No, no, hang on. Is it? Is that one of those things that Chinese companies do, where like the listing price is like two hundred dollars, but it's always like slashed at like thirty bucks? I mean, I we'll, have to, we'll have to follow up on this at some point after after the the American Thanksgiving season is over, so but we can see what the price actually goes up to. I'm checking Newegg reviews. Somebody back on June 9th said that it was forty five dollars at the time. Um, somebody says back in March I bought this on sale for sixty dollars. So Frick is kind of sort of right. Uh, somebody got it for fifty bucks on Cyber Monday. Okay, yeah. So it's yeah, one of those okay. things. 
So this goes on sale all the time. It's not quite like the Chinese thing. Ooh, somebody last year got it for 40 bucks. It's not quite like the Chinese thing where it's, uh, you know, just perpetually on sale. But it is on sale frequently. Thus, this is the price to look for should you be masochistic enough to buy it. The reviews are not good on it, though. Out curiosity, how much is the latest uh, Corsair cooler? Oh, that's probably well. If if you're talking like their top end model, you're looking at 125 to 150 dollars entry level. Can you still get one for like 60 bucks? Can I yeah. say something about Corsairs? Actually, just all-in-ones in general, but Corsairs ones are very overpriced. I really dislike all-in-ones. Um, I yes. had an RX9, sorry, an R9295X2. You know the <laughs> when new 1500 dollar. Yeah. GPU that I bought. <laughs> you bought off. Uh, I'm not gonna go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Needless to say, I got it for like four hundred dollars. Um, had two all-in-one pumps in it, two one times one twenty mil radiator. But um, <laughs> that's that's a little overkill. It was loud. Every all-in-one <laughs> I've had has been loud. The pumps are terrible. So I used to own a. a NZXT Kraken X60. I had no issues with noise on that thing, personally. And they're not cold. Well, the reason like, people go for that stuff in the first place is because it's supposed to be a better heating solution than an uh, air cooler, which would cost the same amount, right? Yeah, well, I mean, like, for no. one device, it's kind of okay. I got uh, an NZXT, the, uh, the Kraken adapter thingy, uh, for, like, a GPU mount, and I got an H55 or something. Uh, so I could use that on my graphics card because I didn't want to upgrade the GPU, but the cooler was just awful and the fans started breaking. So yeah, but eh, I don't, no, let's go no, liquid. But comparing them to tower coolers, I just don't like them versus tower coolers. Oh yeah. Tower coolers I find are much quieter and cool. Well, either the better or better or the same. Just get a chunky Noctua. So, I so really think it's visuals is driving the huge reason for people buying these. Well, it's, it's, it's not just that, but right it, it, the best air cooler is NHD 12, isn't it? No, it's the NHD 15. Oh, okay. No, no, like price to performance, the, the two one, uh, 212 is pretty good. I have a 212. Price to performance, dude. Just buy the big friggin' heckin' Noctua. I almost okay, said so, a bad word again. But what I wanted to say <laughs> was, I'm not gonna spend like 70 bucks on an old computer. Yeah, like right. this is for my 2500K, which is just using as a server now. So oh just, yeah, because you're a nerd. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So, all right now. I, I did want to address one of uh, Frick's questions from earlier. So the Corsair H55, you can currently buy for 66 American dollars. Um, and then the H60 2018, uh, you can currently buy for $70. Hey, not but, bad. But I bet you get but, a Black Friday price of like 50 bucks on that. But in terms of performance, what you're looking at, if you want to make comparisons to like Noctua coolers, um, the 120 mil AIOs typically appear to be equivalent performance to something like uh, the Noctua U12, uh, the, the 120 mil uh, tower heatsink. Uh, and then the uh, the 240 mil AIOs tend to be equivalent to the D15, or I would say the D14 because the D15 actually had a bit of improvement over the D14. And then the, the 280 mil is pretty negligible between the 280 and the 240. Oh my God, some- you know what I just realized? Simmons, 
Mm-hmm. A 100, an AIO with a 120 millimeter radiator is in the same class as a, an air cooler that takes a 120 millimeter fan. Yes. And However, a 240 millimeter radiator is in the same class as the dual tower 120 millimeter air cooler. Well, that if you're looking at a D14, it's now. dual 140 mil fans, but regardless. The, the point is, it's in the same class because it's about the same area. So, so where where the AIOs get a lot of their sales is everybody has always preached that um, custom water cooling is going to outperform a tower cooler. So yeah. the AIOs came in as marketing. Hey, do you want to get into water cooling without actually doing any of the work? Here you <laughs> go. So that's how a lot of those were selling initially. Um, mm. But nowadays, where a lot of these are getting their market value is um, the RGBs. Because if you look like, at like the Kraken X62 that has the infinity mirror on the on the pump uh, water block combo. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the RGB integration for the NZXT products and whatever else. Um, but I think somebody mentioned earlier, but for compact builds. So say you need you had a really crappy uh, like HTPC build where you're trying to shove as much hardware into as small place as possible. Those 120 mil AIOs can be beneficial because then you can either externally mount it or you can just get into that one space and then either cool off your GPU or your CPU or get a low profile cooler for your CPU and then make it work. Yeah, well, um, alternatively, because I remember when people used to do those really small form factor builds and they wanted them to be whisper quiet, what they used to do, and I don't know if they still sell these things, they probably do, there was this one cooler that I swear to Christ was just this massive hunk of copper. And it didn't have a fan to it. It's just a big, giant, massive copper. They're like, here you go. I know <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And it was the no fan products. Yes. But no. the pro- but but the problem with those those heat sinks is they're huge. Um you need I'd just uh, like to, to give a shout out to Fanless Tech right now. Yes. FanlessTech.com, I believe. Uh, very oh, yeah. neat guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have cool products. No, but those no fan coolers, uh, if you did not have low profile RAM, you were not going to install it. And then on some of the modern motherboards where they shove the RAM even closer to the CPU socket in order to make more space for VRM or something else, you can't use those no fan coolers. Mm. And, the and they are as big around as a 140 mil fan from the top-down perspective. Something like <laughs> that no fan cooler would probably perform worse than, say, like the low-profile version of a, like a Hyper 120 or something. Oh, yeah, well, but that, the trick with those is you put a fan on them, even though yeah. it says no fan. <laughs> so, so the, but, but that's just it, is if you put that into an HTPC and then you have good quality fans on the front, like you're running either your Corsair ML fans or your Noxua uh, IPC fans or something I, along those. What you actually do is you stop playing around with fans and you buy either EK Vardas or Gentle Typhoons. Ooh, Typhoons. Yes. Oh, the Gentle Typhoons are AKA the best fans on the market ever. Oh, they, they don't, uh, <laughs> do they? I've got um, some uh, in my server. Subjectively, subjectively, the EK Vardas are better because they literally, well, they don't say they did, but they're like, we took the best PC fan, and then there's a picture of a, ge- a gentle typhoon. Of course. And they, they actually took it, uh, took it through a wind tunnel and improved on it. 
was that one that's also like it's like the most powerful fan manufacturer on the planet and like it's, oh, oh delta delta delta, oh, yeah. Yeah. delta vans yeah they make uh hot dog choppers as far as i'm aware as well um noctua's latest fans are basically i don't want to say copying but they're going towards the direction of ek vardas plus uh gentle typhoons so they mm. probably are also quite good yeah, I've just been a huge fan of EK Vardas for the longest time. My fans spin from like 100 RPM to 2000 RPM. There was a video of some guy who like made an entire case out of Delta fans. I think he uh, turned yes. it on and the computer flew away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, since we've mentioned the greatest fan manufacturer of all time. I that happened. I mean, I, I must go out and say that I do have a pair of... Uh, 5400 rpm delta fans strapped to my gtx 980 right now why because i thought it was funny oh. <laughs> very, very epic i can get behind that i mean i will say it is the uh, so i've got the two delta fans strapped to uh, they're not the 38 mil fans they're the 25 mil fans in terms of thickness mm -hmm. uh, but i have it strapped to oh it's the morpheus 2 gpu core mm -hmm. oh and, yeah yeah and it runs equivalent. Uh, I like. I, I've done some uh, like temperature comparisons between benchmarks I've seen online, and the temperature that the, the thing runs at at full speed. Granted, seventy decibels or fifty-five oh, decibels God. or something like that. Um, it runs okay. equivalent to putting a two hundred forty mil AIO on your GPU. Can I say something really stupid quickly? Uh, you're Go not going to stop me anyway. I've thought at times. Actually, this was much like much earlier when like, do you remember in sort of, let's say, mid 2000s when there was less of a choice with between cooling and noise levels? Generally, if you had a cooler computer, you had a higher noise because custom cooling was more. Um, back I mean, when people yeah. cared about performance, back before they were a bunch of prima donnas. Chris, yeah. no, no, Chris, no, Chris, it was just let me finish. It was definitely niche. complaining. Yeah, more niche and more expensive. So. Generally, people didn't have it, and generally, there was more of a, you know, everyone had air coolers, and generally, the louder your fan, the cooler your computer. I sometimes thought, huh, it'd be nice to be hearing impaired, because then I could just crank my fans to 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, I had the same problem. I got a pair of, I think it was Noctua's or something like that, and I was thinking the same thing. Uh, first of all, Noctua's, best fans in the industry, next to Gentle Typhoons, but then... Um, sorry, Frick, Frick, hang on, sorry. Um, EK. Uh, Vardas are the yeah, best. I've never used you already went on your soapbox. I can't say. Shut up. www.ekwb.com forward slash EK Vardas. We are not sponsored. So, yeah, the EK Vardas. Hey, no, the, like, the Dark Vader from Star Wars. Oh, Lord. No, it's like like Father. Vardas. Vardas. So there was a, I got a pair of those, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to be so hyped up with it. Man, okay. The only thing worth. <laughs> Then a fan mm -hmm. that like goes like 40, 50, 60 decibels is a fan that has coil wine to it because that oh. is the absolute worst thing on the planet. I can't even begin to tell you. I don't know if it was the GPU or the fan or whatever it was, but I turned I those things probably... on and boy, howdy, it was like nails being driven into no. my eardrums. And the worst thing that about was the old school PWM fans. Dude, you can't even like tilt your head or anything because it's all around you it's like it forms this bubble of a horrible piercing noise that just penetrates <laughs> your ears you can't escape it 
Mm. So yeah, no, because I have a I have a pair of uh, noise blocker MBE loops that are the PWM, and granted, that fan's like oh, five yeah. years old at this point, but their PWM fans distinctly have a, a faint coil line oh. to them. I don't and, know if it's PWM or the bearing type because no, no, because the because I own the MBE two uh, two twelve threes, which are just their DC equivalent. Yeah. Also, and, does the tone change when you change the PWM frequency? No, it does not. Oh wait, no, that would just alter the duty cycle, wouldn't it? Correct. Uh, so, yeah. so on the on the two twelve threes, which are just a DC controlled fan, and obviously you can get fan controllers for that, so it's it's a non issue. Uh, the only noise that you hear from that thing is when they're at full tilt, just pushing at like seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred RPM. On the PWM variants of the fans, there is a slight noise that is not associated with the fan speed. It's not loud like Frick is describing, because what Frick is describing reminds me a lot more of the coil line that I had on my Fury Nano. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just cheap U coil yeah, line. It's just AMD um, all right, Chris. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, re- I distinctly remember when PWM fans were right before they became the mainstream option, a lot of people complained about coil wine from the fans. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. So I know exactly what Frick is talking about. Horrible, horrible the one thing I, things. We don't have those days anymore, but let me tell you, you, you newbies out there, the fan game was a dark place. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I will say the one caveat I had with the uh, Vardas is I know when they first started making them, they did have some quality control issues with the bearings because they're um, dual quad. I don't they use ball bearings basically. Right. And um, I would have some which just had bearing noise, which oh. was annoying. And it's just like a, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it sounds like a messed up or seized bearing in a car. That's how it sounded. Yeah, it's just grinding noise. I mean, like a yeah, it's just a sound or like a knocking sound. No, like a constant grinding sound. Like oh, if you've ever heard God. a fan belt kind of dying but not dead. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I luckily haven't encountered that recently. Um, the only thing I've done is I accidentally stuck my fan filter in them when they were going two thousand RPM and they shattered. But <laughs> that was me. Um, that's more of actually fan techs having the fan filter about one millimeter away from the fans as well, which was kind of, it kind of happened. It, the fan exploded and went everywhere. And I was like, Oh, I feel like an idiot. Actually, the, the worst bit is I had to disassemble my entire loop because they were behind my radiator. Ooh. Yeah. You no, should simply that, be smarter. No, it took like, well, actually to be fair, what I did is I just kind of bent my radiator by like a millimeter <laughs> it's like either the radiator breaks or i get this out easily <laughs> so it's not and, really. and since you brought up a uh, fan failure i think the last catastrophic fan failure that i had was i mean the previous one was when i stuck my fan my finger into the gtx 980 fans and that Seven's one exploded. you idiot uh, I was I, w- I was I was troubleshooting a folding rig. Give me a break. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not actually sure how I haven't broken fans because I just like hot plug things into USB headers all the time, and right. they kind of dangle into the fans. And uh... <laughs> no, but the last one that I had was actually when I was purchasing the Delta fans for this computer, um, or for the GPU. Um, so I was I was te- I was playing around with the, the fan controller, 
And I was like, you know what? I want to hear how obnoxious this is. And I cranked up the fan controller all the way. And right when it hit about 5,800 RPM, one of the blades just jettisoned off at Mach 2 oh, and nearly cool. hit me in the face. It was Double exciting. Cool. Yeah, glad you didn't die. Uh, uh, shout out to Delta's army department. They were great. You tell them what happened? Oh, no, I, 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 I straight up told them. I, I uh, ramped up the, uh, the, the fan. Uh, a fan blade uh, exploded off, and I would like to get a new fan. And they said, yeah. "Okay, sure, why not?" <laughs> I mean, yes. you weren't even running it out of spec, so that's fine. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, the, only, the 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 department said, yeah, it was probably like a bubble in one of the fan blades or something from the mold. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, we'll replace that. And because they they primarily are building those fans for the server market anyway, I'm not surprised that their armory department was just like, "Yep, here you go." <laughs> Yeah, the RMA department is actually chill and nice to work with. Oh my gosh, yes. So one thing I would love to see a return of, um, only in the ironic sense. Hershey's Kissables. Okay, yeah. Chris, you need to not talk as much. Anyway, no. one thing I would love to see a return of. You know, we're trending towards tempered glass and RGB for a long exactly. time now. I want to see those 90s all perspects uv um reactive fan yes oh, oh yes oh, they are dude. so ugly whatever <laughs> happened to like transparent plastic and like toys and electronics and whatnot like you would get those special was, edition yeah. like transparent green xbox yeah the yes. game boy i think no, <laughs> i think no joke the oh, last <laughs> the last like fucking am oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there we go Andrew's entire contribution here. Um, Andrew. <laughs> Don't worry, it's about to get better. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, it's like, I think the last uh, product that I've seen that, like, unironically uses that kind of transparent plastic is, like, the Nerf Sonic series, where it was right. a bunch of Nerf guns, but they were transparent green plastic. Yeah, it's awesome. it's just like that kind of aesthetic has just gone away and i hate it because it's such a cool aesthetic well it's not cool it's ironically cool it's going back to pc hardware like that was another thing is like back when the uv reactive fans and the uv reactive just pc components in general were a thing so is the uv reactive uh water cool tubing yes (laughs) yeah so so you had your like your blue uh plastic uh uv reactive tubing or your Um, red you red tubing that turned pink. Sorry, I want to bring something up with that. There's a very good reason why that died off. Oh, um, yeah. Did yeah. it get, like, super so, brittle? Well, plasticines, not plasticines. I mean, there's always plasticines in it. But mainly just the sort of the, the chemical compounds that the tubings were made of. There were a lot more plasticines in those days, which made it worse. Uh, UV plus plastic, let's just say, equals... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. brittleness. Oh, you so, mean like um, the dashboard of your car? <laughs> well, if I had a car, but I'm poor. Fair oh, enough. So, you should try having money. <laughs> I know, right? People have said that before. But I don't trust. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, that's a that's a story for another time. I just money, I, don't, I believe I believe it's a social construct. <laughs> 
Anyway. Dabs on capitalism. Well, well, so so going back to the water cooling <laughs> world, um, that, yeah, they it, were doing it made the tubing just wear out way, way, way quicker. It's like exposing your computer to the sun. Dude, they gotta yeah. have like RGB tubing by now. You don't tell me they don't. No, no there are don't give them know, ideas. No, no, no. There no, is. They do. They do. They do. They're RGB fitting. Yeah, there it actually looks kind of cool. Um, except I also have green tubing for almost a year because I got, well, I, I've, I have copper, um, patinering in my loop and I'm just bought, like, I just can't be bothered to change it. So, so, so you got green tubing to complement the green corrosion. You can now no, it was all clear. Black. It was clear when I bought it. That didn't exist. Like black. You get some black UV tubing. That was never possible See, before. Uh, no, yeah, I've got black uh, hold, hold on, to replace it. Hold on, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, Frick, can you define black UV tubing for me? Oh, uh, the, the absence of black. Oh, light. <laughs> the absence of black. <laughs> what does this mean, Frick? Enlighten us. So, okay, no, so, no, I'm going to speak for Frick because Frick doesn't know what he's talking about. Basically, it's black, glossy tubing that when exposed to a UV light will change to a different color. Oh, so like so, a pearl or something. Yes, that's, No, it would that's straight up change to a different color. Like um, it would come up as like a pinkish color, salmon-y color, light blue, etc. Oh, yes. I'm talking oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know black tubing. Everyone knows the black tubing. Yeah, yeah I actually well, got um, EK's black xylitol or something tubing. That's yeah, probably that's a sleep right medicine. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's xylitol. Yeah. I don't know the main ingredient uh, sugar-free gum. I don't think it's xylitol. Yeah, no, no, I, no the, it's basically the Ikki's the <laughs> black rubber tubing, but it's not rubber. Yeah, I just got it because, well... Um, Industrial. Yeah, it doesn't degrade. I, I literally went through probably 40 feet of this clear tubing from the... What's that brand that's supposed to be very good for uh, water cooling, not changing color and uh, not clouding? Primachill. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like 40 feet of Primachill clear tubing, all of it's discolored, all of it's gotten hazy, <laughs> all of it's gotten green. And then, like, I'm, I'm on the last bit of it now, and I just I haven't changed it because I just can't be bothered. I'm actually waiting for, oh, well, I was waiting for the Lux 2 to change my computer case because the radiators are too big. Because Hardware Labs doesn't really advertise that their 140 mil radiators are not 140 mil, they're 155 mil, and this is why my build was a bit of a mess. And you also why I, better. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. No, like no, I don't disagree. The, the problem I actually had, this is a problem I had with my build, was that I had people, and I knew some people who already had this case, and I specifically asked them for measurements, and I. I didn't get measurements. I got, look at the website. Um, I, I even went as far as to ask the Fantex rep, will these dimensions fit? And they're like, 140 mil radiators will fit in the case. So I'm like, oh, yay. So I bought it and it's like, honestly, it was about two mils too wide, the radiator. So I, day one, haven't even put anything in the case and I brought out the Dremel and started cutting into the case. Um, yeah. I was like, pretty oh, good here goes my warranty. Dude, warranties are for idiots. Uh, air yeah. cooling. That'll fix all of it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it will. Um, <laughs> uh, going back to what I said previously, I prefer water cooling than air cooling than all-in-ones. Um, yeah. 
no, no. See, see, where you really go to the next tier is once you get into phase change. Oh God! Please, not the phase change. Or, 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 or what was the other one? The cascaded TEC builds. Yes. Oh, oh, I've done that before. Those have disappeared, haven't they? I haven't seen well, yeah. one recently. Well, I'm... also so the last one that I was following, the guy quite literally bought nine or twelve of these TECs, and he was basically going to go from like four by five sixty mil radiators to cool four TECs or something like that, and then he was going to go to another uh, staggered setup of different TECs into a modified mini fridge where he was going to vacuum seal it pump it with nitro so he could run it at sub ambient <laughs> and then he yeah. kind of dropped off the face of the earth <laughs> after putting after putting yeah. about 10 to fifty thousand dollars into it that build <laughs> god if he had yeah. I think at um, some point he just go see he wouldn't have this problem i've played with uh i've played with tecs before i made uh how did i do it i had a stack of just like two little uh tec modules uh underneath a liquid cooler Mounted to an AM1 CPU. AM1, if you're not familiar, is AMD's desktop platform for their old tablet socks. So <laughs> I just had one of those and I was trying to uh, like overclock it as much as I could. And I gave up because at one point I couldn't get like any video output, which was so, uh, not good. But so anyway, Chris like I was doing that. And uh, long story short, CPUs do not like it when you get water in the socket. Really? <laughs> yeah. so, so Chris, I have got another question for you. Yeah. That aim was CPU. Did it have a heat spreader? Uh no, it was deleted. So quite so 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 <laughs> okay. the problem with the TECs is you need to maximize the surface area of the TEC for efficiency. So basically all you were doing was cooling a portion of the TEC and you were just dropping condensation around the die. All right. To be fair, I did <laughs> use some clear nail polish around it so it would protect the uh, yeah, that's mm, the one time you don't want to do <laughs> Frick, I think what, uh, sorry, not Frick. Chris, I think what you can s just safely say is, I didn't know. You can, <laughs> you can admit that you were less knowledgeable in the past. I, okay. I think that's very clearly implied by what I'm saying. Yeah, obviously I didn't know okay. what I was doing. It's I don't okay. know what I'm doing half the time anyway. And I just kind of spitball stuff. It's ad fun. Admittance is the first step to recovery. It is. Don't worry. I have a problem. Here. My name's Chris. I, I drink too much alcohol and uh, I hit no, my no, family. No. And, oh, not, not that kind of... For. No, oh, no. yeah. Speaking of which, though... Oh, uh, oh yeah, are you going to talk about the eggs? Uh, no, but <laughs> no. I, I would want to talk about something um, kind of related. So... No. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but how, how's, how's the creme brulee latte from Starbucks, Chris? Uh, quite good. I had another one of them today. Oh, I think yeah. I'm going to get one tomorrow. Yeah, really? you should. It's nice. Well, I so kind of want to get one as well. So for mm -hmm. us non-Americans out there, so tomorrow is Veterans Day and um, a lot of these, uh, a lot of restaurants and stores will give benefits. And since I am in the military, I'm going to take advantage of some of those opportunities. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm in the Thank you for and your I service. <laughs> <It's> just, hey. <laughs> Hey. Simmons, if you hey. <laughs> Simmons, isn't this just stolen valor for you? No, it's not. I've been oh, okay. in for coming up on eight years now. Right, but really? I mean, would you call out people on stolen valor then? Because you know it's going to be hella people 
with like some some military surplus uniform going out to like Dunkin' Donuts. One so, so, so then, may so I borrow some of your valor tomorrow? No. Well, so, so, before we derail the, the podcast too much, uh, yes, Wait, and I will later? explain details later. <laughs> oh, we've never derailed this. Oh, podcast. No, no, no. Well, I, I just rather not talk about that topic on air. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> Wait, no, oh, what about the chickens thing? Marshall. Let's see what else is going on. <laughs> no, 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 That'd be cool. Some no, no, we'll talk about Marshall. the chickens next time. Yeah, we're talking oh, about yeah. the chickens next time. Um, Chris, you can, you can do the chickens next time, just for you. Oh, okay. How about that? Yeah, big old, big old, big old chickens for you. Oh, also the RTX 2080 Ti Supers are launching. It's kind of boring. Ah! Yeah, not, 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 not excited. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just iterative. It's a Titan RTX with less VRAM. So you don't Which want is, probably, you don't want we one? probably should have talked about it. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Let, let, let's just talk about it real quick. Um, yeah. No. Basically, basically it's it. exactly what we've seen with every previous generation where they release this high-end model, which is just the Titan. But over There's actually like two things we should really talk about. We should also really talk about Navi 23. Oh, God. No. Now. Alex, you're ruining everything. I, oh, and there's also the waifu GPU. <laughs> no, we are wait, absolutely not. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Can we, can, we talk, can we talk about the waifu GPU? No. Yes. yes. No, we'll leave time. that for next time. Okay. The waifu GPU is actually pretty funny, and that's not okay. that's not time related at all. So, so oh, yeah. So no, we just before we do wrap up, I do want to mention something that we do actually have to talk about, which is uh, just another reminder that on extremehardware.net, uh, the in-win giveaway is going on right now. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, do do we have uh, details for that documented real quick? I'm blanking. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, how about you talk about Navi 23 and the 2080 Ti Super very quickly, just quick gloss over, and I'll get the contest details for you. Chris, go for it. They exist. Oh, there we go. God, hi, hello. Um, 2080 Ti Super Super Ti. I don't know what it's called. Uh, cool. That's <laughs> enough about that. Next, <laughs> Navi 23. Okay, the 2080 Ti Super basically is a bigger, better 2080 Ti. There you go. It's closer Shocker, to the Titan. It's iterative. It's closer Dang. to the Titan. Gonna have 12 gigs of VRAM, which is pretty neat. Faster GDDR, faster clocks, more FPS, more speed, more money. Oh god, you know what I just realized would be funny? If it has 12 gigs of uh, GDDR6, but it's still 352-bit, so they just have like two memory chips on one of the channels. <laughs> Please no. Please no. It's 660 not... Ti all over again, baby. Oh no. What if they no, release no, this thing no, for like $300? No, they won't. won't. What if it's gonna be a, it's gonna be like fifteen hundred dollars, I'm sure. No, but okay. Like, Navi twenty three. I want. <laughs> it's the Nvidia killer. Yes, yes. Navi twenty three supposed to be better than Nvidia's twenty eighty. Not sure for Ti, but twenty eighty. Uh, wow, no amazing! AMD can beat the medium die oh, that was oh. launched a year ago <laughs> in maybe a year is it the 2080 or the 2080 super i, I think it's the 2080 super. Ti. they're the same damn thing <laughs> anyway oh, 2080 Ti, that's different the 2080 yeah, very Ti short. super x is that coming out soon <laughs> okay okay look <laughs> this is very hard to do a very short note because i keep getting interrupted but basically <laughs> amd is releasing a big version of navi it's supposed to beat the 2080 ti 
yes, the thing that was kind of annoying is that they're beating NVIDIA's old graphics cards. They should completely one-up them. But we're getting progress from an AMD graphics department that has kind of stalled until recently. Anyway, moving on to the Extreme Hardware giveaway. And I'm not yes. letting you talk about the Navi 23 anymore. They Navi 23 is supposed to... Shh. Extreme Hardware is giving away one item per month for the next five months, which is pretty neat. So Inwin is partnering up with Extreme Hardware again, and uh, they are giving away some pretty neat stuff. Up for grabs is an Aurora triple fan pack. It's got the RGBs. It's got the controllable thingamajiggies. They're pretty decent fans. They got rubber dampening thingies. And... Uh, <laughs> You can get them. Doing a good free. job selling these. <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, also up for grabs is a 1,250-watt power supply by Inwin. If you need that power, you know where to get it. Uh, it is, it is a 1,250-watt, 80-plus gold-rated power supply, fully modular. Oh, there we go. I'm sorry. Like Inwin's awesome. uh, right here with us today. <laughs> Uh, we have a, also there's a 509 full tower chassis up for grabs pretty neat um tempered glass on the <coughs> front side and back i think it is actually something that i kind of like to look at because it has three and a quarter inch bays which is something i've been looking for for a long time i'm actually really happy about that computer this looks actually like a brilliant thing to turn into a htpc slash home server which is what i'm doing um and i think a lot of people actually want a case for and they don't want something gaudy and well rgb-ish so yes. that would be a nice little case that can fit alongside your tv cabinet the opposite of that the mini d frame is also up for grabs and it is basically a roll cage if it was a computer um, if you want to airflow this is going to get you a lot of airflow. There's <laughs> less restriction on this than there is in Chris's it religious beliefs. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we might need to cut that. <laughs> I wasn't no, even listening. <laughs> it's fine. Just leave it. Anyway, it's a really cool um, concept cage, computer case, everything. It's basically... As open as it can get. Um, not key, it's not a key great, lifestyle. Yeah, it's great for LAN parties, honestly. Great for portability. There's a bajillion handles. You can just grab it and yeet it. Don't throw it, but if you did, your computer would probably survive. It's in a roll cage. Has not been Euro NCAP tested, however. Oh, God. Don't use this as a head thing. And there is one more thing to give away. So the final product is the Premium Basics PB750 watt power supply. It is an RGB 80 plus gold fully modular power supply. Are you telling me that this is basic? Like I am a basic? Well, this yeah, works like you. You're I, a I think I, I think this is actually a level above you because it's got RGB. Premium. Oh, that's that's correct. Do white girls like RGB? Tune in next week. Not, no. <laughs> we will find out. Latte, extra whipped cream. That's how you know it's premium. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reading the quote that you just posted in chat, and he's right. I find that if you just talk, your mouth comes up with stuff. <laughs> that, that is giving me an existential crisis right now, that quote. 
no. So so going back to this RGB power supply, it does have full compatibility with Asus Aura Sync, Gigabyte RGB Fusion, MSI Lighting, and a variety of other uh, vendor softwares. There you go. I would like. I would also like to point out their fans have that as well. I was just being um, very meme lordy about. You yes, know, you were. I'm not meme about RGB lights, Alex. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just I mean, about this. I'm being be serious for a moment. Yeah. Being serious for a moment. If one power supply is compatible with like four or five different software suites, why is this not standardized? Oh, I mean, I know why, but like, there, it there should stupid. be, there should be a single universal just RGB standard. You mean like a fifty? For the love of God. Card. Yeah. The thing yeah. Doesn't that, that have like two pinouts though? Um, yeah. what RGB? It's got three. Oh, what 50 50? 50 yeah, 50 does have two pin, uh, pinouts, and one's for the standard configuration, the other one is for the the data, the data signal, like the individually yeah. addressable RGB configurations. Which uh, data does not yeah. signal use? So, so before we go and draw on this podcast too much longer, if you are interested in entering this giveaway, uh, there is a thread on the extremehardware.net forum that we will post in the description of the YouTube video. If not, just go to extremehardware.net, look for the giveaway, and uh, all the details of how to enter are listed in the OP of the thread. It is in the banner on Extreme Hardware, that is. It's very hard to miss. Anyway, that's enough of that. I think and it is time for us to bid you farewell yes. for this week. And now for Alex to spend five minutes swearing as he tries to get the bot to leave the channel. <laughs> that was only last time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Yeah, I love you all. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye and good night. <laughs>